You don't just start playing baseball and then instantly make it to the major leagues. You have to work hard to get there. You have to have a game plan to get yourself to be the MVP. The Most Valuable Producers podcast is not for the average agent. You can't be average to become the MVP. Just like in the big leagues. You can't just be a one or two or three tool player. You have to be a five tool player to become the MVP. You can make a difference in someone's life every single day in this job, in this career, in this industry. What's your game plan? This is your host of the show, Mitch Gibson. You are listening to the MVP Podcast. What is going on, MVP Podcast? It is your host, Mitch Gibson, and I'm joined by a very special guest, um, very close buddy, friend of mine, been actually in a couple mastermind groups with me. Um, not only is he just an all-around genuine man, but he also is an agency owner. He's a certified financial advisor, podcast host. Um, he's really, really embedded his roots in this industry, um, both on the insurance side of things and on the financial advisor side of things. And I wanted to have him on to, to discuss a couple of things um, on the financial side with budgeting, how young agents in general should be budgeting. And there's even some going to be some hidden tips and tricks in here for agency owners out there that I think um, adjusting to now and, and, you know, just asking questions early on in your career is super, super important. But without further ado, my man, Mr. Eric Garcia coming to us from the good old state and the good old Mardi Gras capital of, of the world. world. Mardi Gras Bradley capital of the world. You know, you just lost one listener. Bradley Flowers, Bradley Flowers just stopped listening to your show. Never knew Mobile was Mardi Gras because all I see is NOLA, New Orleans. Yeah. Mr. Eric Garcia, how are you, dude? I'm good, man. I'm good, Mitch. All right, man, it's been a long time coming. I was I was uh, afraid that uh, I was getting too old to be on your show here, and that's why you hadn't invited me. So, like, Well, here's the here, – and I'll, I'll throw myself under the bus for the listeners out mm-hmm. there. This has taken almost three different uh, Google invites, um, and for that I apologize. But I've tried to get him on the show the last like month and a half, maybe two months, but I've had to cancel on him myself multiple times, twice. Now the third time's a charm. So here we are, and it, let's do. This. I'm kind of glad. I'm kind of glad, Eric, that it happened uh, at the time it did, because here we are in 2023, New Year. You know, mm-hmm. the whole hashtag New Year, New Me. Things that you should be, you know, that you've wrote down goals wise or have should have already prepared. If you listen to Brett Young, Andy Matheson episode a couple a uh, couple weeks ago, they discussed preparation. They discussed, you know, their five tools of having success um, and be having a successful career in this industry. So, you know, the whole new year, new me, not only, you know, do you look at in your industry, how can I be better as an insurance agent? That's how I look at myself. How can I, you know, have a make make it a better customer journey, customer experience for my customers um, or referral partners, right? You, you, know, the problem, forget, you know, the problem, though, you know, the problem though, with 2023, like shoot, a new year, it. like we like we, we change the calendar. The problem is we're st- <laughs> we still have 2022 baggage coming with us into 2023. That is very true. And, that, and that's why I think I said this an episode ago. I don't really do resolutions or new year, new me. Right. And that's kind of the point that I was getting ready to get at. I'm glad you stepped in and said something because because, Eric, that the thing that is always behind the picture that no one thinks about when putting their head down, grinding, making their money is what are you doing with that money? How are you, mm. you know, where are you at in your career? What are your what are your financial goals? And with with without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and just jump right into this first topic here and talk yeah, about yeah. some mis- common mistakes that agent or not agents, common mistakes people in general, but specifically, let's think about a Mitch Gibson, for example, mm-hmm. you know, a young, young agent new in the industry says you're six or we can't believe that. But, but what are some common mistakes? Man, is this your way? Is this your way of get? is this your way of like hiring me without content? hiring me, getting, getting me to <laughs> be your planner without actually paying me to be your planner? Well, I didn't, right. hey, I didn't have let's any pretend, better Let's pretend Mitch. Let's pretend Mitch is your case study. What would you tell? A, <laughs> no, I'm messing I, with you. No, I just, I think it's a great example because it somewhat, you know, what, what you're probably going to cover here is, is, has, ha, is true or has been true in a certain situation to me on a financial standpoint. So I think that you, we talked about this a little bit before the show and I want you to hammer on it, is your five common mistakes mm-hmm. people make with their money. Yeah, or in the yeah. budgeting process. So, yeah, what, we're, can you, we're gonna, what can you give us there? We're, we're going to drill down a little bit. We're going to say five common mistakes that insurance agents make with their money. So we're, we're going to we're going to drill down real specific. And I'm going to um, I'm going to take number five and make number five first, since you you've already kind of alluded to it. 
and it's it's kind of the foundation of everything. Um, is that they don't have a plan. Now, what does it mean to have a plan? I'm you know there's there's goals, there's plans, there's objectives, there's plans. If you're an agency owner for your agency, if you're just a producer, you got your production plans. Um, but what I'm talking about here, I'm talking about personal finance. I'm talking about building wealth outside of uh, your business if you're the owner, or you know, building wealth outside of the income that you're generating as a producer. Is where where are you headed? And I'm not talking about goals. I'm not talking about creating financial goals. Here's the problem with goals. And if anyone has read Atomic Habits, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have have read it. It's kind of been kind of that book's kind of circulated through through our our circles here. Um, goals are real binary. You meet it or you don't, right? It's New Year's. I want to lose 10 pounds. Okay, great. You work your ass off, you eat better, you lose 10 pounds. And then what do you do the day after? Do you go back eating shrimp po' boys and, and drinking six packs every night? You got to put it right back on. So the problem with goals is once you meet it, where, where are you going? And when I talk about plan, I'm talking about like a vision, like where do I want to be 10, 15, 20 years from now? When I look back at my life, what have I accomplished? You know, I want to be community oriented. I want to be able to to give as much as I can to to my community. I want to be able to write write these big these big visions that keep us moving forward. See, goals goals are markers along the way that should always be pointing towards that ultimate plan, right? So, like for example, here's a good one. Uh, Talked to a lot of agency owners, and we love the agency game. We have the potential to make a lot of money running an agency. But most guys I talk to are also, man, I can't wait to sell. I can't wait to be able to step back. I can't wait till running my agency is optional. Right? I call that work optional. That's a vision. <laughs> that's a plan. That's a, that's a vision. That's a great vision. That's a plan. Like I have to start now. My vision, my plan is make operating my agency work optional. So now everything I do, all of my goals, when I sit down in 2023, when I sit down in 2024, when I sit down in 2025, I got to ask, hey, are all these goals leading me towards that ultimate vision or plan? And here's here's what's interesting. And again, this comes from the book Atomic Habits, um, James Clear. We have a very difficult time acting inconsistent with how we view ourselves. Let me give you, let me give you, uh, again, we'll, we'll, we'll hammer on this whole new year's resolution thing. And, you know, everyone wants to get fit, right? I'm going to get healthy or everyone gets their gym membership going, whatever. Um, so at my gym and it's a bunch of middle-aged people, um, you play, she, you guys play racquetball. No, no, it's, it's CrossFit. It's, I say CrossFit. It's like CrossFit for, for middle-aged people with hurting shoulders and hurting knees. So we scale the hell out of everything, but <laughs> The owner of the gym, she used to be a, uh, a a bodybuilder, and she would call us her athletes. And I'm like, athletes, come on, look around. Like, we're... <laughs> There's very few athleticism in this place. And it got me thinking that what do athletes do? They train. They, they train. They eat right. They show up at the gym. They they take care of their body, right? She doesn't call us or her middle aged people who are trying to get shape. Like she no, she gave us a vision. You're an athlete. And then it's really difficult to act in a way that's incongruent, inconsistent with how you view yourself. So she was casting a vision. She was giving us a plan. And it's the same thing with our personal finances. What are we trying to do? And if I see myself as someone who can't get their spending under control, go, well, guess what's going to happen? Well, that's just me being me, right? I just can't get my spending under control. But if I'm living into this vision of me being someone who's going to have the option to work or not work in 20 years or 15 years, if I see someone, if, if I see myself as, hey, I'm going to sell my agency in 10 years and I keep that I keep that identity in front of me, that vision in front of me, that plan in front of me, the decisions I start making for my agency are going to become consistent with that. How do I make my agency saleable in 10 years? Does this software, does it, you know, using um, this tech, this, I was going to say a particular tech, but I don't want to. You're good. No, no. Just you, as an example. Am I, I going to use? No, use am it. I going to use? Um, you know, so so I'm considering selling my agency. That's something that was in my plan back in 2015. And every year I read my old plans and I see I see this. I see this. Okay, I got to start making decisions that are consistent 
for me to make my agency most saleable. And one of the one of the selling points of my agency is in New Orleans, I am a incredibly tech forward agency. Now, some of your listeners, I'm probably not nearly as tech forward as, as some other people, but in New Orleans, that's one of the things that makes my agency attractive to some other agents who haven't been exposed to some of the more progressive thinking agents sure. that, that we've been able to, to network with. So my decisions, like when I make decisions on tech, that's that's part of it is, hey, does this make me more saleable? Does this make me more attractive or does it not? Uh, so you got to have a plan for your personal finances. Where do I want to be? Sure. Kind of that big, that big, you know, uh, that that big vision. So mistake number one is people don't have a clear vision of where they want to go. And I kind of take that and use it as a perspective and uh, try to use it in a baseball term, for an example, right? Because mm-hmm. I think we got, I have a lot of people uh, that listen to the show that that have played sports, played college sports, high school sports, but use baseball in very good analogy ways in their career and their daily life. Well, I know the older I got, you know, the less you start working on this small skill stuff, the making sure you're in good form, you know, then you turn into that more athletic, then you start learning the fine details of, you know, analytics of what this hitter's good at between, you know, with this pitches in this part of the zone, it's gotten to get so technical. But there's one key fact of the game of baseball that has doesn't change that I love. You think every baseball, MLB baseball team coming up in spring training here in the next month or two, you think that their goal is to not win the World Series. I think that's majority of them. If they don't have that thought going in, why? I mean, what's the point of even playing? Everybody's got that goal. They want to either play or win in a World Series game. It's a, it's a, it's a big reward, right? But you have to vision it happening. Okay, if I'm pitching on the baseball mound and I've got, you know, let's just say Aaron Judge in the box, I've got all these negative thoughts of how far this mm-hmm. ball is going to get hit, where's it's going to get hit instead of visualizing the success. Sometimes it's okay just to close your eyes. I don't know if you do this, Eric, or if it's just me being weird, but I close my eyes and I think about if I'm going to a sales call, whatever, whatever the situation is, I will visual, try to put myself in visualization of how I'm. Going I think it's kind of weird that you just, that, that you just closed your eyes as you were telling me you were closing your eyes as you were, I did of, it. you're, you're but visualizing yourself, visualizing, visualizing it. So look, it the, helps. as as much as it pains me to say, okay, because I am not a Tom Brady fan, there's a reason why Tom Brady freaking wins games as 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 often as he does in the fourth quarter. The dude just doesn't believe he can lose. He's just gonna win. Doesn't matter. It's that it's that little bit of cocky mentality that you have to have. You can't just yeah. be, be you can't just be even keel in those scenarios, being yeah. Tom Brady, right? He's not an even keel guy. But I just had to use that. I mean, right, that's so that's how gotta I have, look gotta, at have it. Number two. gotta have gotta a plan. Gotta have a plan. Gotta have a plan. So so the second mistake that insurance agents make is that they live on borrowed money. They live on borrowed money. When I first got into the business, so I, I started off as a captive back in 2001. And there was, you know, office with some other guys and super successful agents. And they would always, you know, their advice to me, and I'm glad I didn't take it completely. They said, Hey, Eric, go buy a big house, go buy an expensive car, get yourself into debt. It's going to make you work harder. Right. But I, it's terrible advice, but how many friends do you know in this industry that are financing their lifestyles? They haven't yet made it. Quite a few. They haven't yet. Yeah, quite a few. Quite a few. And, and the, the challenge is, hey, look, if you grind it out, you are going to make a lot of money. And you could probably pay off all the debt that you that you create. But what if you don't? And then you're also building that habit of living on borrowed money. It's, that's a terrible place to be. We try... We try to uh, uh, you know finance the things that we want. We try to keep up with what other with whether what other successful agents are doing, right? We look around. There's a lot of man in our circle. There's a lot of really successful mm-hmm. agency owners, and they have earned everything that they have. They have earned the big house. They've earned the the fancy car. They've earned the nice clothes. They've earned the expensive vacations. And then there's those agency owners. That might be newer to the block or might not be as ambitious or might not have had as much success early on, but they're seeing what these guys are doing over here and they want it and they want it right there. It's, 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 we call this, um, you have to master social indifference. You got to see what other people are Mm. doing and saying, Hey, you know, I'm indifferent to what they're doing. I'm doing what I'm doing. I've got my plan. I've got what I can do. And that's, that's the space I'm going to live in. 
but we're watching what what other people are doing and we want what they have and there's only one way to get it or there's two ways to get it number one i can work my ass off and make money and then and then and then get it or i can borrow my way to it and too many people are borrowing their way to it and let me tell you what that does here's here's a problem with that because someone's thinking like eric what's the big deal with that for some people debt doesn't bother them they got debt they don't care whatever some people and a lot of people, and maybe not you as the agency owner, but if you're in a relationship, let me tell you what debt does to, <laughs> to a couple relationship. It creates a lot of anxiety, creates a lot of stress, right? Because you might have the tolerance for debt, but your spouse might not. You know, you might want to do something as a family, but you're thinking like, oh my God, I, I, we can't because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm over leveraged over here. So we can't take that, that Disney trip this year or we have to postpone this or postpone that. And it creates a burden. It creates a stress in relationships if you're in one. So um, living on borrowed money. Oh, man. Be, make, be, don't be like every other American out there. So, I mean, America, we're, we're the worst. Americans are the worst. On borrowed money, you say? Is that what you're meaning? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. It doesn't surprise me. We well, it's too easy. Rates. It's too easy to get money. I had a, look, true story. I got a client years and years and years ago. Um, he's he's no longer a client. He's I think he's moved from the city. He's no longer a client. Um, this was on the insurance side. Um, and he is Chinese. He's from China, not just ethnically Chinese. He's he moved here as an adult. And we're talking about savings. And dude saves 50% a year of his income. 50%. Oh, wow. that's it. And you, and you got to think culturally, they don't have the same systems and the same, sure. you know, uh, 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 insurance systems over there that we have over here, but 50%. I think Americans right now, we might be somewhere between 2 and 4% of our income that we're saving. So second mistake is we, we live on borrowed money. Agents are, are living on borrowed money. Now, look, let me pause and say this. I get it. I'm an agency owner. I'm a business owner. It is it is expensive to operate an agency. And oftentimes, you have to take debt to build your business. And that's cool. Okay, You should be borrowing money, though on things that are going to generate revenue for you. Think of it as an investment. You're not going to invest in anything that doesn't have a return uh, or a justified return on investment. So I shouldn't borrow money on something that doesn't have a justified return on investment. Me borrowing money to buy more car than I can afford is not giving me a justified return on investment. I'm I'm writing that one down because that 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 right there is a clip clippable thing. I love that. One more time for the people in the back. Which part? Which part? Which part? The, the, you got you got me going, man. You got the, me going, and it's hard for the, me. To... When when you when you talk about when you talk about making sure that when you invest, mm, when you have mm-hmm. to borrow yeah. something or you know yeah. you make an As, investment, right? Yeah. Even if it's negatively negatively impacting you on a financial standpoint, but on the back end, no, it's it, it, making that's money. The definition. The definition. Yeah. The difference between investing and saving. Saving is I'm putting money away in a safe place for some time in the future, right? Time I'm, I'm you know squirreling money away for you know I'm going to buy a, a you know down payment on a house. Sure. Investing is different. Investing is I'm spending money on something that's going to generate more money for me, right? So we never, as business people, want to make an investment that does not have a justified return. We just wouldn't. So why would we borrow money for something that doesn't have a justified return? So if I'm starting my agency, let's say you're working, you're a producer and you want to start your own agency and it's going to cost you, you need a hundred thousand to get started. Um, you know, you got someone who's willing to finance you. I would say, okay, there's, that's probably a justified return. If I'm going to take a hundred thousand, I'm going to invest it in an agency that's going to generate, you know, a million dollars in the next five years. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good idea. Do it. But I'm going to go borrow $100,000 because I want to buy a, I don't know, uh, 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 all electric Porsche. Actually, you need to borrow like $130,000 for that because it's cool. Like I'd say, a Tesla. That's, yeah. Like the, or a Tesla. Yeah. Um, that's, I would say that, that's a poor, poor reason to borrow money unless you have like a crap ton of assets over here that could support that. You know, I'm going to go funneling it to it. Yes. Wait, well, I'm going to go borrow at 2%. Because I'm earning eight percent over here, that, that's a that's a totally different that's a totally different strategy. Sure, but I think sure. you, I think you get where I'm going. Absolutely. The, the third the third mistake it's very it's similar to this one is man, some agency people just spend way too much money on their house. 
I'm going to say the same thing I said about living on borrowed money. Okay. There's people who have worked for it. You don't know their story all the time. They may have inherited money. Um, they had had incredible agency success. I'm not saying don't own a nice house. What I'm saying is don't spend too much on your house before you can. Here's here's the mistake that I made. Here's my biggest financial mistake. It's not it's not very sexy or it's not like oh I can't believe that and everyone bankrupt. It was I tried to accumulate what uh, I tried to accumulate in like five years what it took my parents thirty years to accumulate. So as a result, I built my house you know within four years of of starting in the in the industry. You know I just you just try to accumulate too fast. Sure. You spend too much money on, on, and we see that in the house. I, how many people do I talk to who like, I want my forever house. I'm like, you're 32. You're 32 and you can't afford a, a, a million dollar house because you got three kids that you want to put them through college. You want to save for your retirement. Like, I, I don't, I don't think it's wise to, to tie it up in, in a house. Again, a house is not going to generate revenue for me. No. Unless, unless you buy a little, 1200 square foot ranch, fix it up a little bit, live in it for 10, 15 years while you're working your butt off, making your good financial smart or yeah, smart financial it's, decisions. It's, it's then what house. you do is you go get your next house yeah. and then you borrow money to buy that house, but you're selling, the, the, but you're all kinds of, the other one. Right? They're called, they're all kinds of, they're all kinds of great strategies, but, but yeah. the problem is the problem is um, too many people are trying to live like, the rich when they're not rich yet. We're not rich yet. <laughs> you, you're going to be rich one day. And the problem is wait till you get there, then spend your money. Again, I'm not saying don't borrow money for things. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying you just can't accumulate what it took somebody, another agency owner, 10, 15 years to get to. And sure. you think you're going to do it in three to five years. And even some people who've been in the in the, in the agency game for for 10 to 15 years. I was in, I was in the insurance space for, for 10 years before I went independent. Um, couldn't have done some of this stuff the year after going independent. It's too expensive. I've, I've got three kids and one's in college now and they eat a lot and and one dances and freaking point ballet shoes are are expensive. And, you know, I can't live in the fanciest part of town. That's okay. It's part of my plan. It's part of my plan. Part of the plan. I've got to have one. So where are we? Number four. Uh, number four. Number four. What is number four? Mm. This may be this may be one of the the, the biggest ones right the here. You ready? I'm ready. Drop them. Drop it. Common fourth common mistake that insurance people make is they don't track their spending. They don't track they, their spending. They don't track their spending. You don't like on an Excel spreadsheet or just in general? In general. Like if I if I were to ask you, Mitch, how much did you spend last month um at Amazon? Zero dollars. Okay. That that Mitch. How much did you spend last month on groceries? About three hundred twenty-three dollars. Okay, but I but but ask me that question as if we talked two years ago. Mitch, no, I ask you. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you as as last month. How much money did you spend on bar tabs? <laughs> right close to well, including food with that. That's four hundred fifty okay. bucks. Like four hundred fifty bucks. Okay. That's usually pretty average, though. But I'm with realtors yeah. in referral part. You're, it's a off the part, off, yeah. off the cast. But yes, yeah. Here, here's the point: we don't track our spending. Ben Franklin said, "Even a small leak sinks a big ship." Business owners leak money. It's it, and maybe if you're a business owner, like there might be a difference between a producer and a business owner. But again, I'm talking about like in our in our personal finances. Sure. Is man, we'll we'll swipe our card. We'll spend money, especially if you're making good money. Especially if you're making good money. You know, if you're if you're making 150, 200 plus thousand a year, you're you're living pretty. You know, let's say you're living modestly. You got a lot of money to do things with. So it sure. happens. You just, I mean, you don't you don't think twice. Yeah, I can buy that. Yeah, I can buy this. Yeah, I'll buy that. Yeah, I'll buy this. And all of a sudden, you've racked up a few thousand dollars on expenses. Like, where the hell did my money go? Why why can't I save enough? Why why is my retirement underfunded? Right? Why well, do I why do I still have student loan debt? See, and that's when when I said the when I when I before I asked the question about the five common mistakes, I said to use me as an example, like mm -hmm. somebody that, that was in my my state of mind, right? I look at that number four. That that's my favorite. You said that's your favorite because that was the one mistake that I was really good at not doing good at. And now yeah. to be able to feel like I've, you know, and it's 
you know, now being on full, full commission and this being my second year, third year on full commission, it's like, oh, things are looking really good, but they're looking really, really good now that I started tracking my spending. What's going on, loyal listeners? It's Mitch Gibson with the MVP Podcast, stopping you in the action of the podcast. Promise you that this will only take a second. Are you a local independent insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Well, look no further than Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS... You can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and do what we're here to do. Grow your business. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about nationwide brokerage solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. That's nbsbrokerage.com. Let them know that the folks at the Agency Intelligence Podcast Network sent you. So look, look, there's two sides to this. There's there's two sides to all of these. I'm, I feel like I'm qualifying. There's a mistake, but I'm qualifying it. All right. Love it. So this is not my favorite one. I absolutely hate tracking spending. And I, I, I'm willing to bet you the majority of your listeners are like, dude, I'm not tracking my, like, that's a bird, dude. Like, I don't want to track my spending. All right. I must sign up for like Mint or Tiller or or you need a budget, YNAB, and and, and I'm going to download my my transactions. That's not tracking your spending. Tracking your spending is actually looking at where where your money went. No one wants to do that. Budgeting. Budgeting sucks. I'm going to tell you right now, budgeting sucks. It sucks so bad. It sucks so bad. I actually, in, in the process, as we record, I'm launching my own video series. I call it Budgeting Made Easy. It's my way of teaching budgeting because budgeting sucks. Okay. Oh, so that's going to be awesome. Businesses, if you have a business, you have to budget. Now, a business budget is very different than a household budget. Household budgets suck. Okay. Sure. No one wants to be told no. But yet it, it personally, in our businesses, we get that we can only we only have so much money that we can spend on staff, on tech, on marketing, on whatever. Okay. But in the household, like, man, don't tell me how much I can spend at the grocery store. Like I'm on vacation. I can spend as much as I want. And I hate that. Like, so I don't, I don't. Tell people what to spend money on or what not to spend money on. Here, here's here's why you need a budget, though. Here's why you need to track your spending. It's about awareness. You need to become aware of where your money's going. Once you become aware of your money's go, where your money's going, you start making different buying decisions. You start to realize, like, damn, like I spent how much at at Whole Foods? Holy crap! You know, maybe I shouldn't spend so much there. Like, man, or maybe you shouldn't I, go to Whole Foods. Whatever, whatever. You know, I, I I'm going on six conventions a year, and golly, I just dropped twenty five thousand dollars on conventions and eating and travel. Like, maybe I need to scale that back. I never put the, I never, I never became, a, I was never aware of how much I was spending. Right. The more money you spend in your business, the less you can take home to build your personal wealth. So, um, budget you budget for awareness. Not because you can only spend four hundred and thirty six dollars and twenty seven cents at the grocery store this month. Or you know, um, at at the next convention, you can only spend three hundred and twenty seven dollars at the bar. That's not you know, you budget just become aware, and then think of it. Think of it in 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 light of your plan. Okay, so what's my plan? What's that vision that we talked about, right? And then now I'm becoming aware of my spending. Is my spending consistent with where I plan to be in ten, fifteen, twenty years? Consistent. He said consistent. And the majority of the time, the answer is no. That I'm not doing with my money today the things that will get me to where I want to be tomorrow. That's why budget is important. That's why it's it's important to become aware of your spending. If you want work to be optional, operating your agency to be optional, whatever that means, selling, merging, bringing on a, a CEO, whatever it means, in 10 or 15 years, and you're pissing your money away, and you don't even know where it's going... I say pissing your maybe you're not maybe you're spending it on on valuable things, but the point is you got to be making decisions with your money from a spending standpoint that's going to get you to where you want to be. It's consistent with your plan. That's Correct. it. That's it. And and half the time we spend our money on things that like man I really didn't need that. I thought that was going to bring me more joy. You know I, I could have made do without that. And again, funding when when we fund the things that are consistent with where we want to be. Then who cares what we do with the rest? Man, if I'm funding my money, let's say I have a giving goal, okay, or let's say I have a a, a retirement savings goal, um, and I'm funding that, 
And I want to send my kid to a college. I want my kid to have the option to go to whatever college they want. And I'm funding that. Uh, and I'm and I want to I want to be debt free by a certain point, you know, in in my life. And I'm I'm, I'm paying that down. And I still have three thousand dollars a month to do whatever I want to do with. Well, do whatever you want to do with it. I mean, just because the budget says you can only spend three hundred and sixty six dollars on sure. electronics, who cares? You're funding everything that's important. It's moving towards where you want to be. Um. So that way, that's that, that's how I handle it. I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to be like this little bean counter on where my dollars are going. So sure. let me just make sure I'm funding everything that's important to me, and then after that, I don't care. Requirement, yeah. I mean, the, the but outside of the required and importance, you know, required being your consistent monthly expenses, right? Mm-hmm. The, the more that you can lower those, I mean, it's just common sense. The less you can lower those expenses, the more you have to have fun, right? And do the do the things that you want, as long as those requirements and those things that you needed that you want to fund are are part of the budget. You're, yeah, for, you're, in, a, you're in a great position. And for your for your listeners, for your for your listeners, I can't. I don't know the exact um, URL yet, but by the time this episode's drop, we'll probably have our our budgeting video series dropped okay. as well. So we're going to do a discount for for your listeners and in, in let's the go, show. Notes. Let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's go, go, baby. Saving money. I'll, I'll put it. I'll, I'll make sure to put those in the show notes. And if you're watching the video, it might little pop up with a little QR code, maybe. Yeah, so we'll have a maybe, we'll have a, a we'll link and then can, a, and then a and then we can a, do. Coupon code for uh for uh Mitch's disciples. What's the name? <laughs> what's what's the name of the course or your the the, the program? I do right now it's called about? right now it's called budgeting made easy. Okay. It is the dumbest name. No, it's not. It's simple. I mean, it's what is no it? one wants to do. I think budgeting so. Made, if I think about it, okay. budgeting made easy because it's not nothing's nothing, nothing yeah. about budgeting is easy, right? Yeah. You said yeah. it. You said it, not me. Yeah. So to see easy. budgeting made easy, I love that. I think that's I think it's great and. Um, if you are a young agent and just now getting started, um, I know I talked to Eric before, like when he started building the, started building it out at first. It's been um, a long time. Dude. It's, it's been, been a, so long. Been I didn't crazy, do a good job but, of budgeting my time. But hey, but you learned and you figured it out because I just saw the end game piece of it and it's pretty cool. It's it's really, really mm-hmm. cool and, and just go check it out. But I will drop the discount code and all that. It'll be MVP23. Is that what you said? It'll be MVP twenty three will be the MVP discount. MVP twenty three. Right? So we'll we'll make sure to put those in the in the show notes. Um, and if you have any questions on that, you can always reach out to Eric. But Eric, real quick, I, I, I want I want to jump into one more topic as mm-hmm. we move down this path. Um, did we say the fifth one? By the way, we didn't. So I think you did say the fifth one, but you said it at the beginning. No, there, there's one more. There's one more. They all they all kind of tie together a little bit, and this one's kind of quick. This one's kind of let's quick. hear it. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm, the I'm last one. The last mis- common mistake that insurance um, agency owners or producers make is they don't save enough for retirement. Now, man, I hear this like, from not just like hold on real quick, like for their four hundred one k that maybe they like. So, for example, my agency matches a four hundred one k. Are you talking like that, or yeah. even more so than that? Yeah, let's uh, let's broaden it. So, okay. sure, four hundred one k, but retirement for later on, saving for investing for later on. Okay. okay. Um. Hey Eric, I'm going to save money. I'll, I'll I'll start investing more once my agency hits so much million in revenue or so much whatever whatever. I'm gonna start doing that later. I'm gonna start doing it. Later. I'll start saving more later. So I'm talking about investing for retirement. Here's here's the problem with that. I am for for most agency owners. If you're an agency owner, there is a a very 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 high chance that your agency is the largest asset on your balance sheet. Okay. Largest asset. We all believe in diversification. Problem is, we are so undiversified as agency owners. Now, we own an asset that, you know, if you're if you're operating a good practice right now, man, your agency is 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 blowing and going. I know we last year in 2022 we hit we were just over 25 percent growth, and the year before that was in the in the low 20s as well. There's a tremendous opportunity for growth. So investing in your agency makes a ton of sense. Again. Qualifying. I'm not saying don't save in your agency, save in a retirement account. Here's what I'm saying. Saving and investing on a consistent basis is a habit. It's a behavior. Rarely do people change behaviors like that. It's like working out. You talked about this earlier, about pitching, about becoming a good pitcher, a good baseball player. They work on the little things consistently every day. And then what happens is 5, 10, 15 years later, since they've been working since they were five, they're a phenomenal baseball player. 
It's the same thing with saving and investing. You build the habit, the behavior. Even if it's 25 a month, 50 a month, 100 a month, you're building that habit of saving. It becomes a lot easier to go from 100 a month to 1,000 a month than from zero to 500 because you have the habit. I, now, I see that. this. I see this. I see this with a lot of business owners too. Business owners, they're they're notorious, notorious for not saving outside of their business. And again, mm-hmm. we're talking about building personal wealth. We're talking about diversifying our wealth outside of our agencies because one day, and one day we're going to wake up, we're going to show up to work, and we're going to say, you know what? One too many damn hurricanes. <laughs> <laughs> Not the drink, the, the storm, <laughs> the weather event. One too many hurricanes. Five too many companies have gone bankrupt. And I'm tired of having to interview staff and hire people. And you know what? I'm exhausted from this insurance grind. Yes, that, I'm talking about me personally. That, that's sure. my story. One too many freaking hurricanes. Too many companies have gone bankrupt. We've had to rewrite 400 policies in a month as an agency. And you get to a point like, man, this is just too much. And it's a good thing that I've been living into this vision of making having a business that's saleable because now I'm sitting here, huh, I have the option. My business is in a position to sell if I wanted to. I don't have to do I, I don't have to do anything over the next two to three years to get it ready, clean my books up. I don't have to do anything like that. It's all, it's all, it's all clean. Right? There's behaviors in their habits and they start early. And the sooner we the sooner we do those things, the sooner we we fix these mistakes that we're making, the better off you're gonna be. Hmm. All right. So I love that. There we go. I have the five common mistakes that insurance agents make. But you you hit on a couple of things there about agency owner. I mean, Mm because what we just discussed here for the first 20, 30 minutes. Um, can can you can you hit on your agency or your or, or agent in game for an example. I know mm. we discussed this multiple times in the past. I've seen it in live action, um, but kind of how you just describe yourself, right? In this scenario, yeah, uh, I, I kind of see the same. The, the how this that agent in game could maybe benefit some uh, agency owners of how you just explained yourself. Maybe just tired of it. Maybe you do have a vision of you want to be there in five years, but you've got shit all over the place, for lack of better terms. Messy data, um, mm-hmm. no tech. Mm-hmm. retentions, bad, whatever it might be, right? You got to get your shit together first before you can sell it or get it sellable. So with that being said, I mean, maybe maybe they're not there yet. Maybe they haven't even put that plan into play. How could maybe something like Agent Endgame help them? Yeah. So do we do we even mention Agent Endgame yet on the, on the podcast? I think no, we, we did not. Before. We have not yeah, talked about so, it on the podcast before. So Agent Endgame. So what Agent Endgame is, man, about, uh, about three years ago, I was having a conversation with with Chris Lengeel, advisor of Vault. Best website builder. I I second that. I, I second that. That is a that is an unpaid Facts. unpaid testimony. Um, we're we're just talking about yeah. Hey man, like I just realized like I I'm an agency owner, I'm a financial planner. I spend most of my time on the financial side. I've got a business partner on the agency side, and coming up on the coming up work just kind of the the experience of the mastermind because I got I I connected with Cass back in like 2011. I saw him speak in Pensacola. I was and, I was a sophomore in high school, or excuse me, I was a freshman in high yeah. school. And that was back in the days. It was it was DEMA, Digital Insurance Marketing Agency, or marketing whatever. So it was a lot on digital marketing. And there's a lot, even today, there's a lot of talk about niche markets, right? Um, as particularly in the commercial space. What's your niche oh, market? Yeah. David Carruther. Yeah, yeah. David, that's that's the drum that David's beating 100 uh, percent mm. uh, Bob Klinger, talk about niche market. The dude's just yep. crushing, crushing his niche. And I was sitting with with Chris lamenting one day, like, you know, we're, we're on the financial side, like, you know, I work with a lot of business owners on the financial side. And I don't know who exact my, my, my niche is and him like, oh my gosh, wait a minute. Freaking like I own an agency. I understand insurance guys, how they think. I understand the agency model. I know what it takes to, to, to build an agency. Like, oh my gosh, I, I work with agency owners. So we, we came up with this agent end game. Um, that's just the, the, the website agentendgame.com. You can go check it out. And really, so that what, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I think you're probably getting ready to answer my question. No, ask the question. So I answered the no, right one. No, I was going to say, so So in a sense, they can go there and pretty much find out how they can plan or sign up a way to get to the point where they can 
yeah, being an insurance agent, right? Like, what's well, your what is what's your vision to be done selling insurance? I mean, what's that's your my end thought, game? I don't know. What's right? your end game? No, no. What's your end game? I don't know what your end game is. Your end game might be to die working. That's great. Let's make that happen. It may be to never sell. It may be succession. It may be to I don't know. My my in, in my business plan, I wrote in. I actually wrote in. This was in 2015. I wrote a specific year I wanted to sell for a specific dollar amount I wanted to have. Now those are off a little bit the year and the dollar amount, but th- you know that that's okay. But but the here's here's the point. Here's the point is, um, as agency owners, we are in a position to do some really cool stuff financially. But there's these things that get in the way. These mistakes that get in the way. So really what the agent end game is, is how do we, how do we get to where we want to be? And as a financial planner, that's what I do. I understand your agency. I understand that you overspend. I understand the grind of running an agency. I understand the rhythms of, of, of operating an agency. I understand the difficulty of, of hiring and building a culture. Um, oftentimes in, a, in an industry that's real tough. I mean, it's hard. It's, depending on your market, it can even be harder. So really what the agency the agent end game is is how do we get you as an insurance professional to where you want to be 10, 15, 20 years from now? There's really there's really three ways we do that. We interact with people. Number one is on the investment side. You know, we 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 manage your 401k, give you that place to save for retirement. Um, and it might not be 401k, depending on your your business, it might be a different retirement plan. Uh, number two, we'll consult with with agency folk. So that's more of a one-off, like a one-time consultation on on whatever specific topic it might be. It might be help me think through a succession. It might be help me think through um, you know, am I am I is what I'm doing what I need to be doing for I want where where I want to go. Sure. And then number three, the the way we probably enjoy working with people the most is in a ongoing planning relationship where we're we're hitting every financial domain. Um, you know, we're, we're diving deep over a period of time. So, you know, uh, there's constant variables and constant input into our financial life. And we kind of walk alongside you almost like a, almost like a personal CFO, like a household CFO. Uh, we, 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 but even better, you get Eric, you get me. Isn't that wonderful? Oh my perfect. (laughs) What more did you want? Love it. So agent end game, what's you say the URL is what agent end game, agent end game.com. Agent endgame.com. Check it out. I mean, I think anything that you guys have on Plan Wisely can be beneficial to anybody, um, you know, from just budgeting to learning more information. Um, you got you got people that just want to reach out and chat. I mean, is there, is there a specific way yeah, that people Yeah, just go, can go to my website, plan-wisely.com. Plan plan-wisely.com. Yeah, look, you if, know, you're, if you're an agent, if you're an agent, just go to agentendgame.com. There's a link to my calendar right there. Agent endgame.com you yeah. can book a call with mr eric garcia um there's a lot of roads there's a lot of roads you can take that lead to me if you go to my website plan-wisely.com there's a link there to, to book me um you can email me eric erik at plan-wisely.com you can call mitch mitchell mitchell put you in touch with me we can make that happen. Don't forget also, and we'll make sure that when this is live and when mm-hmm. when his website's up and going for the uh, Budgeting Made Easy course, um, make sure that you look in the description here and we'll put it out a couple of times for, for that uh, discount code. And I can tell you, it's going to be a little bit of a nice little discount for you, especially if you're just not getting started and you're a young punk agent. Mm-hmm. Um, great opportunity for you there. Eric, done talking about finances for a second. Yeah. Going into my favorite segment of the show. Uh-oh. Okay. Five rapid fire questions. Oh Lord. Which may go to six or seven. It just depends. Sometimes okay. sometimes the answers are good. And I like to ask another one that might have a might have a one off with that. Let's go. Um, let's go. so with let's, that being said, it. Eric White or Eric Wisely. Eric Garcia <laughs> is wisely. Eric Garcia, plan wisely. Five rapid fire questions. Here we go. First one. What is your favorite color? Oh, blue. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Cookies and cream. That's oh, no, no. Can I? Oh. No, go, no, take it back. Go ahead. Go uh, ahead. Pistachio. Okay. Pistachio. Pistachio. Easy for me to say. Pistachio. Cookies and cream secondary. Yeah. Next question. If you could spend 24 hours with anyone dead or alive, who would you want to spend that 24 hours with? It'd be fun. It could be educational. It could be learning, whatever it is. Who would that be? My thought always goes to like educational, probably Jesus. There's no better answer than that. I know, like, like, there really like, is. There's like, there's like silence. Like, oh, that's such a good answer. <laughs> it is. Like, so I got really so many. I got so many questions, man. 
I do too. I've got plenty of questions, probably way too many questions and thoughts that go throughout my head throughout the day. But with that being said, leads my next question. If you could, mm-hmm. if you could go vacation or travel anywhere that you haven't been before, where would you go travel in this world? Anywhere. Oh man. Probably some like secluded Island in, I don't know, the Pacific. Love it. It's easy enough. Easy enough. Just, yeah. I'm going to keep going. I got a couple more here. Go on, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Next one. What is your favorite quote or favorite saying oh, that you damn. have lived by or that you've liked to, I guess, result to? Maybe it's something you say all the time to your kids. I don't know. No. <laughs> it's better than them saying no back. I got, I'm sure I got, I got a teenager. Times. So, no. Oh, man. My favorite quote. My favorite quote. Oh, gosh. So this is one of my favorite quotes. Okay, and, and we'll I'll kind of stick in the money in the money space. It's a it's a proverb. Uh, money made hastily dwindles, but he who gathers little by little keeps it. So money made hastily, so quick money dwindles. Love that. But he Love who it. gathers little by little keeps it. Hmm. Kind of just sounds like something you you just kind of said the last forty five minutes of the show. But anyway, next question. We all like music. Music motivates me. Music is my passion. When I when I finish up uh, and retire, hopefully down the road, um, sometime before I'm 60 years old, which I've got a plan to do so, I want to start my own record label. So that entices me to know what type of music people listen to. What type of music, what is your favorite type of music? Who's your favorite musician or favorite uh, type of genre of music? This is, this is hard because I, I truly... Very I, difficult I, question. I truly, depending on my mood and the context, when I'm working at the office... I have a Pandora station, a passenger. It's a passenger Pandora station. So okay. it's like stuff in the in the genre of of um, passenger. When I'm driving in New Orleans, when it's a beautiful day, I'll roll my windows down and I'll listen to to some brass band. Right now, I'm kind of okay. hooked on the Stooges brass band. Um, they're actually going to be playing at Brainshare this year. Ooh. So when is I, Brain I've Share kind of been for everybody through March 29th, 30th, thirty first. And you heard it. Go ahead. Yeah. You get a brass band coming from? You get a bass band coming? What? Maybe. 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 Oh, wow. What if it's a crappy day and rainy outside? What's Eric listening to in New Orleans? I'm I'm probably not listening to music. Maybe, maybe some, some, it's something instrumental. I know what he's listening to. He's listening to the MVP podcast, baby. Let's go. All day long. All day long, man. I got, I got, (laughs) I got Mitch on repeat. That's awesome. Eric, that, that wraps up the five or the five plus two, seven rapid fire questions. Um, floor is yours key to the streets. You've got them for a second. Anything that you think anyone needs to know, anything that's going to inspire somebody. Um, I always like that, that, that my guest finishes up with one piece of advice. So if you've got one piece of advice for people, we'll close the show. If not, the floor is yours. Yeah. Let me just say this money touches, but everything that we do, right? It, 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 obviously we're business owners and we need money to, to operate our business, but money impacts our relationships as well. And when we have our money, right. We tend to, it's a lot easier to have our relationships right as well, whether it's a, mm-hmm. a parent relationship, uh, a marriage relationship, our relationship to the community. So uh, money money is a tool, money is a resource. It is either good nor bad, but money can afford us to do some really cool things if we make good decisions with it. So uh, don't ignore, don't ignore or neglect your finances, whether personal or business finances. If it's something that you don't like. Hire someone to help you to walk alongside of you to do it. Love that. Hey, sometimes delegation is the best type of preparation. Mm-hmm. Someone told you prepare it all. Who told you prepare it all? Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, I seriously, I, 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 it's literally I've heard it. I've heard it through. Is that a Mitch um, quote? No, I no, I, I had heard that from a uh, YouTube video of some. My friend Mitch Gibson says I did not say that. If it, I'm going to look it up after we listen to the show. If so, I'm going to put my name, a little dash underneath it, like it came from me, because that's I've heard it somewhere. That just doesn't come out of my my. That didn't come out of my brain like that. Mm-hmm. So, but Eric, dude, I appreciate you. Yeah, man. appreciate you greatly. Um, uh, I can't wait to see you soon. I know I'll see you in Brainshare, which is coming up here mm-hmm. in March. Um, Agency Intelligence Brainshare. Um, if you haven't heard about it, go look it up and, and check into that. Some really good conferences going around this year, but dude, I think it's the year of investing in your tech. If you're not investing in technology and adjusting with the with the with the industry and the space of what your competitors are doing, hmm. you're just going to get your apps ran, ran around you. So um, I know, like for myself, I just 
finally, we just finally pulled the trigger on agency zoom. Um, and my Lord, am I happy? Like if if nothing else happens in 2023, good. I'm happy that I have agency zoom because I can now actually function and do the things that everybody else out in the world are doing. And now I can, now I can kind of make my lead way back to where everybody else is out in the industry. and, And that's, that's important. So make sure you're, you're, you're paying attention to what's going on because there's, there's sometimes, especially as things evolve and how quickly tech is coming around, people are going to start running laps around, fast. around you. Right. Moving so fast. Yep. Eric, appreciate you, man. If you need anything else or if you have anything, it's all, you know, always, always a pleasure having you on. You're more than yeah. welcome to have a seat in the show any day. So for Mitch Gibson, Eric Garcia, go check out plan wisely budgeting made easy coming to you soon. Always remember that you can make a difference. We'll catch you next time on the MVP podcast. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good. Terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.